that you're born an Italian If you want your life to be great See that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great From the moment you're a small bambino You eat pizza, you drink vino Then they make you roly-poly You get stuffed with ravioli If your mama's a paisano You will have the world on a plate So see that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Italian American Podcast, and it is the first Monday of October, which is the beginning of Italian American Heritage Month. So welcome back for your month. We are thrilled to have you here, and I love nothing more than this time of year. It is the time when we get to be green, white, and red in everything we do. There's events all over the country. Everybody out there is celebrating their Italian-American heritage, and you know that I do that all the time, and so does the man next to me. Let's welcome back after a, a long delay. Do you really celebrate? Yes. That, I, well, that's a com- that's, I live it. How do, you, how do you differentiate living from celebrating? It's a great question. I Th- think that's I, a deep... I mean, we're always out at some kind of Italian-American event throughout the course of the year, right? We go to lectures, we go to galas, we go to dinner dances, we go to... I think it's a deep it's a deep question because it's an identity question. And that's what this all comes down to, I think. It's a good cel- a cel- how do you um define celebration? It's a good point. So if you go like why are marriages celebrated? I got you. So because they're the vehicles for children and children keep the tribe going. Okay, so first of all, for those of you who are new to the show, that is Cav Av, the notorious POB, Professor Paddle Boyle. He's back, as he always does, right into the heart of the conversation. But I think you're right. Uh let's say this. The stuff we do on a regular basis is probably living in Italian-American life, but the parades, the... Well, the reason I bring it up is it's not to be ornery. No, no, diff- but, I know. But I know the difference between ornery you and someone, regular you. Let's say a St. Patrick's Day parade. So let's say somebody who's Korean decides to dye their hair green and go to a bar and drink green beer and listen to Fields of Athen Rye <laughs> at that Irish pub on St. Patrick's Day. Right. Um, they're celebrating an Irish event because they want to participate in the joviality or the experience. They want to experience it. So they're celebrating Irish culture. Is that what it means? I guess so, yeah. I guess you're right. Because, see, my, my thing is that I think that what we've learned from the show, what I've learned from the show, is that there's different denominations and degrees of Italian-Americanism. Oh, absolutely. So there's people who are elective Italian-Americans who choose to either preserve or reconnect with those things that define us. Yep. And then there's those people who check in and check out of it. Does well, that make sense? Yeah. And I saw that with some people in NIAF. More on the celebrity end that NIAF would bring in. I remember one, one star they had at one time who said, basically, I'm not really Italian. Right. I'm just So here. you invited me here. And you invited me. For charity, and that's yeah. important. And I wish I was more Italian, but I'm really, I had a great-great-grandfather who came, and I don't know from where, but that's what my mom told me. And, I'm, and that's their experience. That's, their, that's the choice they've made. But then I thought to themselves, okay, so they come here and they're celebrating. Are they celebrating Italian American? Because they don't live, they're not waking up and making a pot of gravy at 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning. It's funny you say that. So that is perfectly lined up to why we're here today. Is it really? You know, yeah. he didn't set this up. No, John, I did not. We don't talk before we do this because it ruins the whole experience. So I just come in here and I don't know what's coming next. That's true. 
So don't don't think this. No. Don't think we have the sophistication to set no, this up. Unless there's a very very specific academic topic, we're not prepping Professori because he knows all this stuff already. No, so because it's not. We, we we what happens? We have a great conversation, and then we have to retape. Sometimes if we pre-discuss a conversation, it we all have it. a great conversation, and it ruins it. Yeah. Like when we go on, and we air, don't get it on Why do we want to talk about this? Yeah, again? You just re- repeat. Well, look, the, the whole idea for you and I to even come on to this platform and join the. Italian American podcast and start the power hour and bring Rosella out and everything else was these are our phone calls anyway. So <laughs> natural Can conversations I tell you all, are natural. If I could wish anything for all of you, it's to come into John's office. It is the most Italian. It's the place Italian in the American universe. everywhere you look, it's like incredible. He has a I this is this is what we should can this whole conversation. This is what we should be talking about. <laughs> we should be you a have tour a sign. through the studio. He got a, a it must have been a cheesemakers promotion sign. Yeah. I have I have regard the mozzarella makers on my grandmother's side. They had to be from Sorrento, or they're from the Amalfi Coast, because the last name is Cuomo. It's Charles Cuomo, New York, manufacturer, importer, and exporter of cheese. And they have, it's the best. John, you've got to take a picture of this and put it on Instagram or. Yeah, we can do know. that. He's a social, I think we're, right, Instagram? We yeah. have social media stuff. We I have really social don't, media stuff. I don't know what a lot of this stuff is, but I just kind of go along for the ride. We've got a bunch. And it's Scamotes, Mantega, Provo Fumigada, Scamotes, Formaggio Fresca, Provolone. Mozzarella, trecce. It's all ricotta salata. It has ricotta salata and ricotta fresca. They're all pictured. They're pictured. Yeah, they're painted. It's painted the way. I bet it's probably from the late twenties. Yeah, that's my guess. And it has a tin of ricotta fresca. It's fantastic. You want to make T-shirts? That's a T-shirt right there. <laughs> You're right. Yes. That's like the greatest T-shirt ever. It's true. That would be a good one. I love shkamot. You know, is like my favorite cheese in the whole world. It's up there on my list. I wouldn't call my, it my grandmother favorite. used to give it to me a lot. Mine too. My grandmother's a grandma, big we, we wish yeah. My grandmother's side had. That's big in our house. My grandma's mother's family came from cheese making. Grilled, so they grill it nice. I yeah. If you've never had schmaltz out there, you should S C A M O R Z A. Google it. And it's like a it's, it, a, it's a smoked. No, the prov. Well, you could smoke a schmaltz. You could, yeah. You could. Schmaltz is a mozzarella, and you kind of form it into you, you create with your hand. It's a pasta fill out the cheese, a little head on top, and you make a salt water bath. The salt that you have to put enough of salt in the water that an egg rises. Wow! A, a raw egg will rise to the top. Don't ask me the chemistry. I never took. Chem- I actually went through high school, never <laughs> taking chemistry. And that's so you dip a mozzarella in schmaltz, and the the salt water creates a hard skin on. The it schmaltz. brines it. Yeah, brines. It's fantastic. It's a delicious cheese. Really, one of the best. It's delicious. But I don't. I don't think that's what you want to talk about today. No, but I mean, it, it's. But you he know. said he has some. You got to see this place. Well, I don't know. He's on like, if you ever see Italian American, someone bidding for Italian American uh, artifacts, artifacts, physical uh, on, online. Yeah. It's John. I don't yeah. know. You might you might have a fake name. Material culture. Material culture. He has he has an industrial size brioche can. <laughs> yes, I do. We, we it did must put have been from the twenties. We were trying when we when I got here today. I said, I'm like, who who had this? I guess it was. It had to be a store. Yeah, an Italian deli that distributed. Yeah. Because no, even by, I, even even on even a even a rough Christmas time, you're not going to go through <laughs> that thing. I mean, it's like the industrial yeah, Alij. Ever see the industrial yeah, Alij containers? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you'd be dead. Yeah, you want to kill? <laughs> this is like, it's a drum. Yeah, it's, it's a drum. drum it's, it's a, a drum, drum of brioche. Yeah. And you must have went to the store and said, "I want like three scoops of brioche." <laughs> that's, that's my assumption. Yeah. But what they put in a little plastic? Yeah. Like, I, I guess a paper, paper bag. bag at the time. He has that here. He has a medall. He probably medallodoro wherever you are. I guess Nestle owns them now. Yeah. John has all your nostalgia. I have all your All your heritage is yeah. here. He has a fantastic. I have billboard size medallodoro. Ah, it's posters. unbelievable. 
He has a count, an Italian American calendar from 1987. Yeah, I have some. Nicola's finest Sicilian macaroni. Yeah, this is fantastic. Yeah. He has a, a Cilento. I think I've been calling the studio here the Tower of Italian Power. You got to come. No, yeah. really, I sw- I tell him we should have. You know what's exciting? What is it? Next week, the whole thing's going to be soundproofed. If you hear a little echo right now. It's because we've invested in all this equipment. Oh, you never, you know, it's, it's still a room. Can I tell you something? I have nothing to do with this. I just show up. I don't know what goes on. Yeah, I, I, I just I come I in. I take care of the hard stuff. I, I, I come in. He does all the hard stuff. I don't know. I don't want to know. We're happier that way. Yeah, I, you know. It's how, we, I'm stay, not a tech it's how we stay best friends. Except if I don't <laughs> care, do whatever you want to do. I, I've never listened to the show. Yeah, it's good. Which is better. I'm glad, absolutely. But I don't know where's this echo. Well, I mean, you know, I'm saying, like. The mics sound fantastic. No, people have complained. Yeah, about the old to mics. Ma- the old mics. Yes, but even with because I have on, it's like NASA. I feel like I'm. Oh, I, I moved the microphone. Yeah, you know you're closer. We have this headgear on. It <laughs> looks like when the Apollo's, the <laughs> Apollo missions were going yeah, on. Houston, we have a problem. Houston, we. <laughs> it's really what it looks like. Rome, but, but it is true that aside from the wonderful environment that we have here, this super Italian environment, it, it speaks to the fact that frankly, I can't escape my Italian American heritage. This is who I am, what I'm constantly doing. Uh, but it, it leads me to what I want to accomplish on this episode and, and on this Italian-American Heritage Month because, you know, I know how I relate to my Italianness, but like you said before, everybody relates differently. And so one of the projects that I want to do as we kick off Italian-American Heritage Month, it's something I wanted to do back when I was at NIAF, and frankly, now that I don't answer to anybody, I can do it through the podcast platform. And that's to create and send out and then collect and analyze what I think could be a comprehensive Italian-American community survey, a real temperature-taking and assessment of where the community is. And so what I want to talk about today is kind of what's been done in the past in terms of that kind of research. Can I, can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, do you think that people will be honest with a survey? I hope so. No, but I mean in this No, way, I think about that did, a lot, um, yeah. I met a French... CFR, it's a, it's a, it's like a reformed Capuchin priest. He was young. He was in New York. He was like, I'd say, in his thirties, and he said, in France, when pollsters poll, people understate their religiosity, because in France it's considered a social negative. Oh, you're religious. Sure. Like that the ideal in France is secular. Where he said in the United States, people overrepresent their religiosity. You know, oh, yeah, I go to church every Sunday. Maybe if they don't, they go monthly because in the U.S., that's considered, like at least probably until there's a lot of social change going on now. Yeah. But at the time, it was probably more so than now considered a, a positive, yeah. a net positive, social positive, what represented you well. Um, and in the same sense, I wonder if you had an Italian-American survey. I think the embarrassed generation is almost gone. Yeah. The generation that, like, um, people who just didn't want to be associated as Italian yeah. or didn't, you know— they work twenty four seven to not Italianify themselves. Yeah, I think that generation, they're either dead, yeah, or they're at a stage in their life where they're more um, sympathetic to to being Italian and less embarrassed. Yeah, I think there's still the crowd out there that feels embarrassed. Well, it's also how how we're going to get these people right. Like that's a part of the conversation too. Sure, but let's say we had the Sunday gravy conversation, right? I think there's people back. I'd say in the 70s, who would have said no? Who would have said, you know, I, I don't go to my mother's house every Sunday and I don't have the, the you know, the plate of rigatoni every Sunday because they didn't want to seem overly ethnic. Yeah. And, and there's maybe people today who do it on a rare occasion who might overstate when they do it. 
because even maybe not even realizing it, they want to emphasize their Italianness. Well, I think that that's the, so. My vision for we're getting, really doing this. Yeah, yeah. Starting this right after this episode airs, so you know, being able to do this, the question becomes: Okay, first and foremost, ha- has this been done before? Right. So some of these things I've been around. Uh, right before I got to NIAF, I came on in the beginning of 2012. In 2011, NIAF partnered after a donation from Congressman Frank Guarini, uh, partnered with Zogby Polsters. Former congressman. That's right, your congressman. And the former chair of NIAF and a great Italian-American. He financed a poll that was taken through Zogby. But it was really a political poll that wanted to garner um, an opinion on was there an Italian-American political opinion, collective political opinion. Still. Still. I mean, because it did exist. Yeah, back then. I mean, we all know it existed. But in, in 2011, that was the, the poll they went and took. Um, in 2013, I was at NIAF, and uh, a woman named Dr. Rosemary Serra, who's a, a research sociologist from the University of Trieste in Italy, she came to New York as a research scholar uh, for the John Calandra Italian-American Institute in Queens College, and her whole goal was to investigate the status of Italian-American identity within the greater New York area. So they used a self-administered questionnaire, which she designed, um, and they sent it really to young people between the ages of 18 and 34. And uh, they, they, the goal was to put together a book. I believe it's actually coming out soon. I, I got to check with uh, my friends at Calandra Institute. But it's not been released yet. Um, that's, you know, six years ago, at, at least to my knowledge. I, I haven't found it anywhere. I so believe in this. Yeah. Because I think that. We cheat ourselves as a community, not funding academia. Yeah, Italian American based academia. Yeah, you know, and people say why? Because it writes. We feel things, and it translates those things into things you can read like a book. Yeah, it takes your gut reaction in so many ways, and it, and it, it says this is what's really going. You know, you feel things are changing, and it, they're able to decipher what's changing, why it's changing. Yeah, you're putting some quantitative data behind qualitative feelings. And for me, the thing that I always stress, and look, we fall into it on this show, right? We're all New York and New Jersey, or who's, what generation, and whose parents came or didn't come, and, you know, we're Southern versus Northern Italian, and you said this to me today in in one of our meetings. We have to do a better job of making sure we understand that this is our version of Italian America is not everybody's version. And so my hope is if we can spread this thing far and wide enough and get a diverse enough collection of participants we might see some trends or some spikes that cross over the geography of where we are or where our families came from or generation. You know, do, do those the things whole, exist? The, the whole world. I mean, the whole world is in, in, in motion constantly. Yeah. Not just now. Maybe ideas and things change quicker now because the, mo- the, the, the capacity of modern communication like the Internet and email just facilitates Absolutely. ideas moving quicker. Yeah. But also I think another reason why I think this stuff is important is we were talking about the Vinnie Boombat stereotype yeah. before. It was, a, it was a, a conversation we had before we began typing because we had some company here. And, um, you know, they were saying about, you know, how would we react if somebody walked in dressed up like Super Mario Brothers and yeah. started to make like, hey, hey, you know, the bada-bing, bada-boom kind of conversation. Yeah. And my thing is that what aggravates me about that coming from the outside is we really are an intellectual people. Yeah. Because we do things like this. Collectively, as a group. I agree. Not just the, just the company at the table, but collectively as a group. And I think it really shines on who we are, the fact that we're introspective enough. I mean, Italian-Americans are, are not known for reading books. That's, that's well documented. Italians in Italy don't read newspapers compared yeah. to their other Mediterranean, their other neighbors in Europe. 
But Italian Americans have written so many books. Yeah. A prolific I mean, amount a of work. Prolific. I mean, think I about mean, the episode we did, which for those of you who are new to the show, can find in our archives on our Italian American reading list. It was a fraction of our list, really. We only oh, covered a, it, an hour plus. There are thousands and thousands of books that between us we've read or the rest of the hosts in the show have read that are just fantastic resources. And the self-published stuff is a treasure trove. If you want to get in the minutia of the Italian American experience, so many Italian Americans have published works. I've said for years we should have a a, a library. Yeah, I agree. And I know there's collections like my own, my own Mata Seton Hall has a a, a library, you know, the uh, Valencia Library. But a lot of those are libraries that are academic. And um, not that these other books aren't academic, but it's a different type of maybe historical books and the like. I think the Italian-American experience yeah, library. The, the cultural anthropology. The Italian-American experience. Cause the culture, the, yeah. I would just, just a library based on self, yeah. self-published self books. But I think there's a crossover with the polling because polling and self-published books are both tools of introspection. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and part of this was inspired for me on a project that I'm personally working on. And I'm, I'm happy to share it here because I'm not quite sure when it'll happen. But, you know, I have, as you know, Pat, we talk about my gigantic collection I've been collecting a lot of periodicals that have articles about the Italian-American experience from the American perspective, uh, from the 1890s all the way through the 1960s and 70s, and some of them are fantastic, and I would love to have them digitized and digitally available for our listeners and the people that interact with our platform because it's really interesting to see how we were written about and talked about in those eras. But what's become more fascinating to me is going out and working really hard to collect as much as I can of the periodicals that were actually published by Italian Americans in the 60s and 70s and 80s, which are the you know magazines like Italian American Identity or I Am uh, Italian American Magazine or Attenzione. These were huge projects that were put together by Italian Americans at like the pinnacle of our self-identification in the 70s and 80s, and I've got a decent portion of them. But going back and reading them, the stuff is so interesting because it's us. It's these conversations we're having from a perspective when we really were not assimilated yet, but we were right on the cusp of it. I disagree. Hold on. And I disagree with this point. There's been tremendous assimilation from, the, let's say, the late 70s, like the Carter years, we'll call them. Mm-hmm. 100%. But I think we're losing, why this is important, we're losing the tools of self-identity. Completely. Because media in the United States has gone from categorizing people ethnically to racially. Hmm. So there's some, there's at one point we went from being Italian to white. Yes, the 80s. I don't think I think it was much later. I th- I'd say it was in the last 10 years. Well, I think the eight, 1980 was the last census we were listed, right? Right, but I don't think I don't if you I think if you take an 18 year old to 20 year old kid today, college age kid, they don't think in terms of ethnicities. They think in terms of race. No, I mean you're absolutely right. I mean think about like you know when you have conversations at a let's say, government or political level, or policy level, people don't talk about Italian-American, Polish-American. They talk about white ethnics. White ethnics. Yeah, which means, you know, they don't consider Hispanics white ethnics. They don't consider African-Americans. They don't I think that's the most ridiculous thing in the world because Hispanics have so much in common. Yeah, I mean, culturally. That's, that's the Michael Barone theory. Well, sure, because because I've spent time in South America. I mean, South America... Is is Latin America? Yeah, and Latin America comes from the Latin. Yeah, who, of who, inv- who who spoke Latin? You know, yeah. so if you take two steps over from Spain and then Spanish colonization, is it a distinct culture by every single means? The Hispanic culture is distinct, but there's a lot of similarities because it's a mix which was probably overpowered. Uh, the the native cultures were kind of over, uh, over they were 
massively assimilated into into European culture, into yeah. as, as a as a European colonial culture that adopted European culture. Yeah, and, and so let's I not think forget the conversation we always have. If if eighty seven percent of the Italian American community is Southern, and the South was five hundred years under Spanish rule, hundred percent part of the same empire. So the tomato, yeah, but, <laughs> you know, you. that you start the, start eating it in in Latin America the same time you start eating it in, in Southern Italy, but they're not eating it in other parts of Europe. But the ne- the Neapolitan word for pencil is lapis. Exactly. Yeah. The Italian word for pencil is matita. Yeah, well, there's more. The Sicilian word for pencil. Is lapis. Yeah. The Italian word for pencil is matita. Yeah. The Spanish word for pencil is lapis. Yeah. So do the math. Yeah. You know. Um, Look at all the Catalan loan words in, in Neapolitan. I mean, I was in I was in Valencia, Spain, um, twenty years ago, and they were speaking in Valencian. I was like, oh my, this sounds just like Napoli. <laughs> I understood it. I mean, yeah. I can speak Spanish. I can survive in Spanish, but I was like, this is actually easier than Spanish. It was easy, you know. And I think that. Should I say the M word, Medigan? I know this. How many letters do you think we're going to get for the word? We'll get some. Some Medigan? Yeah. Can we say the M word? I want to say the M word. I use it. It's in my vocabulary. The M word. I don't don't use it as a a derogatory Not at all, no. I know some people take it as that. It's how my grandmother categorizes a certain group of people, non-ethnic whites. Yeah, I agree. So I could say non-ethnic whites, a.k.a. Medigan. Yeah, that's fair. I think, um, was it you who told the story that you were in Texas and you said to somebody that you missed Italian food and they said, well, why don't you just eat Mexican? Yeah. Yeah. So some people tie Latins together. But, yeah. you know, there's a huge Peruvian community in the New York metro area. New Jersey is a huge Peruvian community. And they have a devotion to, um, I think it's Jesus Milagros is the word, Jesus of the Miracles. No, no, no. It's an image of the crucifixion. Every every Peruvian community has it. So wherever, in any Catholic church in the New York metro area where you have a sizable Peruvian community, there's an image of Jesus de los Milagros. And they have processions for him. And you look at them, you're like, these people are just like Italians. Yeah. So they have the procession. It's the big day of the year. The family's there. Pop's dressed up. He puts on the purple. Um, they kind of, it looks like a, a smock, I would say. It looks like mm-hmm. a lab coat. He has the procession. It's, 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 it's our feast, yeah. right? And let's say you have the Norwegian. Like, let's say you have Minnesota, like Rosen Island country, right? yeah. from Golden Girls, <laughs> right? The Norwegian yeah, and St. Olaf. St. Olaf. So you have the Lutheran Nordic person who's so different than the Italian. But they're white. They're, they're Caucasian, yeah. right? And then you have the Peruvian, and they're Catholic, and the Italians are Catholic to the majority on both ends. Uh, not everybody, but a, a, a vast majority. And they have a procession that's so similar to ours. They're speaking a language that's so close to ours. Yet they're categorized as a separate yeah, identity because of DNA. Agree. I completely agree. And then, and, and we're putting the same, and, and looked fish and bacala are very two different. Frankly, we probably share more DNA with them than we would with sure. the Norwegian anyway. Sure, 100%. And the reason I say it is that I think that what's happening is people have been spoon-fed the younger generation, because we grew up when there was still ethnicity. Yeah. Um, well, you're white, right? Yeah. So the DNA, the DNA that made you burn in the sun quicker defines who you are. Yeah, it's amazing. As compared to culture. And then it, it leads to some of the findings I hope we can get out of a project like this, which is, you know, Michael Barone has that great work on the similarities between ethnic groups in the United States. And I, I talk about it a lot. His whole thesis on the idea that the social experiences are sort of uh, trending similar, and he says, you know, the African American community is on a similar social experience to what the Irish experience, the uh, Asian American community to what the Jewish American community experienced, and he says the Hispanics are in a similar trend to what we experienced. And I, we meaning Italians, we meaning Italian Americans. Thank Aratsanost. you. <laughs> absolutely, the tribe. But I think it's really fascinating because, you know, 
immigration is one of the most controversial issues in the country today, obviously. I don't even have to go into the detail and down that rabbit hole of how and why. But I often find it fascinating when I'm, you know, sort of perusing the Italian-American social media that there are many Italian-Americans out there on both sides, who many who say, you know, my family is immigrants. How can I be uh, anti-immigration? There's others who are sort of like the, we got in, close the door behind us. And I'd love to know if there's a, are there some common political issues that we as a community, even if we identify on different sides of the aisle, are there issues where we, where we come together? And I, I want to get into some granular no, detail. No, but we really, we got to really expound on this because I think that um, I'm so anti the the current um, balkanizations of identity in this country. Yeah, me too. I think it's, I think it's, it's destructive. It's, it's completely destructive. destructive. Absolutely. And I think that if there are certain ideals that we hold collectively, and I think there are. Yeah, I hope so. I, I and hope I think, and it. I think the people who elect, uh, the people who identify as Italian American or the, or, or like our listener base, there's certain things that define us as a community that it's, it's, it's who we are. If it wasn't, then we wouldn't be. Then what would what would what would we be? I think politically we swing conservative as a community. I, I hope we can at least. But we don't know. These are out. guesstimates. Yeah, I mean I don't know. The Nyev Zogby poll from 2011 said basically 33 percent conservative, 33 percent liberal, 33 percent moderate. I mean that that that's a broad stroke explanation, but it was kind of like this is really a very by the issues ethnic group, which attests that the way we think. I think so. Yeah, Italians so. march to the beat of their own drum. That's <laughs> true. Over here, you don't, seventy-three governments in Yeah, you don't. And do non sai chi sono io. And it's true. I'm right, right? Yeah. Um, I'm confident in my opinions. I'm confident, and you don't you don't cut the tomato that way. When you put in the salad, you cut it this way. You know, we missed you the last episode because we were talking to Cara DeFalco, the Cara's Cucina. I'm sorry that I was unable. Yeah, to. Yeah, I wish you would have been there because not only is she from Jersey and had some great Jersey. Uh, Ties, but uh, she was talking about. Talk we, about we were talking about when her when was her most controversial recipe, and she said it was her family's meatball recipe. <laughs> so Pat would we go ballistic that. over meatball. Nothing like nothing sets us off over meatball. I don't meatball. know why. I don't know why it's so particular. But anyway, to get to this idea, how did we get from polling to meatballs? This this is our show. This is what we do. The food's got. You know what our up. conversation <laughs> was before we went on it? I'm longing right now for Iowa with with. Raisins. raisins. It's a Sorrentine Peninsula dish that's kind of almost extinct. With no breadcrumbs. No. It's just Iowa with raisins. What's Vinnie Gangone's version? Oh, it's fantastic. We should bring Vinnie Gangone. Why do we go off on these tangents? Yeah, I know. I can't No, no, but the people... I know. Vinnie Gangone makes... Vinnie Gangone's a friend of ours and a fellow Cavalieri from Tejano, of, the, of, Uriana. The, of the order. Yeah. Uh, the, from the Valdigiano. They make a baked spaghetti pie on Christmas Eve. Delicious. It's Iowa, and then you bake it. And they put... They, he puts raisins... Breadcrumbs and alija, right? Does he? Yeah, something so. like that. It's delicious. It's Don't fantastic. knock it. If you like, if you're making the U sound, alija's anchovies. It's probably something I think. Yes, know that's about. true. Alija means anchovies. Uh, Maybe we'll get the recipe from him. If you're non-Italian and you want an Italian Christmas fish tradition, it's a great one. It's fantastic. Yeah. So we anyways. have a Christmas party every year for the order, and I I make it a potluck to force Vinny to bring me the spaghetti. <laughs> that's true. You do. I con him every way I can. That's true. Yeah. You if do. you want to be my friend, feed me. <laughs> That's so true. I make him the. I make I, you the. I, I'm a. I'm an easy sell. Yeah, I have to make you the. Uh, oh, Timbalo John over makes here. a tim- If you're out there in Radio Land, is this right? Podcast, podcast land? land. If John makes a Timbalo, yes, it's fantastic. The Timbalo Riala. He makes a Timbalo, fantastic. See, but I think we agree on food as a nation. Like, if you put out this poll, and you said, "What are your feelings on President Trump? What are your feelings on Nancy Pelosi? 
You can have Italians go ballistic either way. You know, what's the right way to make a meatball? They, they're going to have 18,000 yeah. different opinions. But they'll talk about food all day long. Yeah, it's the one thing that binds us. Well, that's a, Communist, you... liberal, <laughs> socialist, fascist, fascist, Republican, You're right. Democrat. Put them all in the room. Food does unite us. They're, they're, yeah, that's the one. That, and those are the kind of the questions. Like, what, what unites us? What, what defines us today? Should we make the emblem of Italian America a meatball? <laughs> With, a, with yes. like Vaznigol, <laughs> with basil in the background. I found a sticker in one of my many searches for items of a of a cartoon meatball. I have it somewhere actually. We could we could re, we can revive him. The greatest as thing in the world is a meatball coming out of the frying pan. Oh gosh, yeah. if you if you bake a meatball, don't even let's forget about. I know it. that's, I, that's one thing I, I can't go with people who I bake can't them for bake. health. I don't care how healthy that's, you know. Yeah, what you're gonna die one day. That's true. I don't think what is I don't that think one meatball gonna you're gonna be 106 your years old. <laughs> And miserable, and you missed out on all but those. Yeah, a life full of bacon. Fry them, fry them in olive oil. But a fried meatball coming out, and you put a little bit of grated cheese on top. That's like the greatest Sunday morning in the world. You're not kidding. I, I actually like the leftover meatballs. A couple of days later, can on we a do what? Can we do this? See, this would be the survey I would send out. Meatball recycling. <laughs> How deep do we want to go? How into deep the do, you, do you make a meatball sandwich? Like, what's is that your Monday when you're going into the office? Is that your Monday well, lunch? You, you bring up a good question, right? Like I, I was, went to I used to, when I was in law school, my mother would make me brujol sandwiches. Oh wow, meatball sandwiches. Yeah, we shop, had them all the time. In Shoprite bags, we had them wrapped all the time. up. Oh yeah, my mother made them on white bread too. That was like a weird thing for us. We had white bread meatball sandwiches. We had the Sunday gravy meat smushed together. Wow. Yeah, it's like a weird Italian sloppy Joe. I know we had a lot of weird stuff like that. I love a meatball. But sandwich. you but you bring up an interesting point, right? Do you put food questions on this survey? Like I was thinking, I'd like I would like to include. Do you gather so, with your family for a meal on a, Sunday? So is it an Italian meal? Do you, you foresee this as being political questions? Like, what are your what are your what are your feelings on? I uh, think a section of it certainly not like what are your feelings on the unitary every presidency? Issue? Or? No, I don't want to say like you know. Do you believe in the electoral college? I just no, I, do you, you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I don't. I don't really. You know. <laughs> no, you ask a group of you believe in the electoral college. You're going to get a percentage of respond. Yeah, I, I think you would. What's your take on on frying versus baking meatballs? You're gonna get a hundred percent response. I agree right? with you. They're gonna come out of the woodwork. I think there should be some funny questions, right? I mean, that's not a funny question. That's a serious. It's tongue in cheek, I would imagine, right? Yeah, but uh, for us, it's a serious question. For me, it is. Life is too short for an inferior meatball. <laughs> that's a t-shirt. Life's too short for would an inferior meatball. Would that be a great meatball. t-shirt? That, I'm putting. I'm writing that down. Life is too short. for That'll an be inferior. in the store. Uh, Pretty soon. See, Roselle, I miss you, because I would say, Roselle, how do you say in Malays? Life is too short for me. She would hate that. You know, speaking of T-shirts, I just want to take a second to share with our audience, because it's Italian American Heritage Month, uh, if you are following us on social media, you've probably seen we have a campaign that we're doing this month and uh, beyond, and it's really been uh, very well received in the first couple of days of the month. It's the I Am Italian American T-shirt. It's a, a unique design that we came up with here. Very bold John way. Did. John is a fantastic graphic oh, artist. Thank you very much. I, I did do it, and it's gotten some great response, and it's selling like hot cakes. And uh, if you want one, if you haven't seen it, take a look on our social media or on our website, uh, ItalianAmericanPodcast.com. You can buy the shirt in our shop there, or you can go directly to the shop at www.italianpower.com. All of the proceeds go to support what we do. It's only 20 bucks, and it's a great-looking shirt, and we're asking you to go out and support the show but also just support who we are. Buy it, wear it, send us a picture because everybody who sends us a picture within Italian American Heritage Month over these 30 days, if you tag us, it's hashtag I am Italian American and put your picture on social media, you will immediately be entered into a drawing for a trip for two to the 50th anniversary of the St. Joseph's Day Parade weekend in when New Orleans. When are you going to tell me this? I don't tell you anything. I, I, I swear, I'm being honest. When, when did this happen? 
this was what we've been building since. They're going to go on a trip? Yeah, to, to come to uh, St. Joseph's Day weekend, two people, and uh, we'll be there. Uh, we're a big part Who's of that we? weekend. Well, I'm going to be there. Rosella's thinking there. of going. I'm hoping you're going to be there. It's a 50th Well, it's a lot of fun. New Orleans, New Orleans is a great, great city. Weekend. So, back to the point. If now you, we got a trip. You didn't tell me yeah, about Yeah, I got trip. a lot of good stuff. So I come wanna, in here and I find out all this stuff. I know. This is why we bring you in once in a while. They bring me in. No, they, they take me out of a cage. <laughs> this is done. They come lock from the me basement. in. John puts, they put a rope around me. They put me in the cage. But we would definitely appreciate your and support. And Roselle and Dolores throw meatballs through the opening. <laughs> <That's right>. Feed <laughs> the animal. <laughs> Feed the Italian-American King Kong. And then when you're done, then they, they ring a bell and they open the cage. Let and them come out. back out again. But we would definitely appreciate your support. The T-shirts are great. We'd love to see you. You could end the podcast. You wouldn't even tell me. I'd show up one day. No, we don't do the <laughs> podcast anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. I just paid for parking. <laughs> well, anyway, let's get back to the point. If you get the T-shirt, please let us see you in it and uh, spread it with your family. We want as many people out there in red, white, and green as we can get. So talking about that idea of identity, you know, are people wearing this kind of stuff? Are they buying this? This is, this is information. Could we, do a fo- we should do a food poll. Yes, uh, again. We should do multiple. If you're going to do the polling, it should be multiple ever polling. You know, I've seen that. I've seen where you can sort of fill out like two or three questions on a topic, and then you can click and say, you know, would you like to answer more questions on this topic? And, and you can have that. Because if I was taking this, if this was sent to me, and you asked me about do you still have plastic on the furniture? If you do, where do you get the who, Who's your plastic? <laughs> you, know, you know the only two left in the country, I think. Uh you know, how do you make your me- – I would find that much more interesting if you say, as an Italian-American, what are your feelings for the Electoral College? Well, that's the, I don't want to do that kind of stuff. I don't want to sort of, you know – I, I So you would be... find a group of Italians who would love to scream and yell about it because they just oh, of to course. scream and yell. They yell about anything you ask. They yell about, about anything. I'm sure there's going to be people who hate some portion of this. But, you know, I want to I gather – obviously, we got to ask people their age and gender and how they identify. They're going to lie. So they could. They could lie. I mean, we, you know, you do categories. So what's, and oh, you know the best response would be what, – what is it to you? Yeah, we should have that on. What there. do you care? That's a great. That's but right. We should. Be, what is it to you? That's a, <laughs> What is it to you? What's your age bracket? Yeah. Wait, eighteen to thirty-five. Yeah, that's thirty-five true. to fifty. Yeah, we'll leave that on there. Fifty well, to sixty-five. What do you care? Sixty-five to eighty. Over yeah. eighty. Who's asking? <laughs> I have who's a, asking? I have a lot of Italian friends. And the next one's gonna be. What is it to you? Yeah, I have a lot of Italian friends who won't take the spit in the tube DNA test because oh, they think somebody had, yeah, wants to clone them. I'm like, who's gonna clone us? Nobody wants to clone us. The government's us. trying to find me. Yeah, if they want to make so, like let's let's clone the least efficient people on the planet, right? No, like, no, I would clone us. Uh, we would clone ourselves. I would clone ourselves. Say, but I don't know if anybody else in the in the I would deep love state to is know what the return rate was. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it'll be Your hard. age. <laughs> Please yeah. check off the age bracket yeah. that you fit into. So we got to ask them those kind of general questions. You know, where do they live, obviously? How many generations have they been here? Where in Italy are, are they from? Obviously, we'll leave the, you know, regions. If they know their specifics, we can let them fill it in. Um, I want to ask about what percentage of Italian-American they are or how they see themselves. Because when I was at NIAF, we used to have the scholarships or the Voyage of Discovery. We had a, a um, sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a, a bottom line of ethnicity that you had to be. I think it was one Italian grandparent or one Italian uh, great-grandparent, something like that. So, yeah, I'd like to kind of... I'll tell you something. When I did scholarships for Unico, I adopted that from NIAF. The essay part. Yeah, and I had a short essay. I said, "What does it mean to you to be Italian American?" Because, believe me, I'm in uh, my name does not help me in the sense that I, I am in no place to, to cast aspersions or throw stones. But I'd have kids, and I'd wonder, are they really Italian American? I'm not talking about name or lack of yeah. name. Are they just here because it's another check off on the scholarship list? And I said, even if they're just coming to us because they want the money, 
and they said, oh, wow, grandma's Italian. They might give me money. If they had to write an essay, they had to confront this issue. Yeah. So if you want the money, if you want, if you want a shot at the money, yeah. and it wasn't a big scholarship. I think at the time we were giving $1,000 out. If you want a shot at the money, you have to tell me what Italian American, being an Italian American means to you. And we do this over a number of years. You want to hear something? With the exception of one, with the exception of one submission, they were to a man. A Sunday dinner with the family macaroni, wow. the grandparents, across the board. That's interesting. You know, we did something like that when I was at NIAF because we had this, you know, uh, percentage bar, if you will. But because of the way our um, applications were done, there was a lot of these, like, scholarship aggregators that could basically let you fill out one set of questions and answers and then just send them to a bunch of different scholarships. So we, we did have a lot of, like, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of applicants for these scholarships. And we were giving out generous scholarships. But I said, first and foremost, we got to do more of the qualitative information gathering. And secondly, frankly, you do kind of want to know that somebody is, is a, uh, a, let's say, quote-unquote part of the tribe. It's not just like a check box on the scholarship aggregator. So we actually made a membership requirement. You or a member of your family had to have an, a NIAF membership number. Now, many kids signed up for the $20 student membership to do it, but my hope was, A, we're going to find people who are already members or whose families are, and B, we're going to get these kids at least on our distribution list for a year. So if they're not a member now and if they don't Which is kind of sad. And I always find that to Unico. It's almost we have to pay you to, not all of them, but some of them. It's almost well, like... Uh, I felt like it was like, you know, this many generations removed, it wasn't bad to frankly have a return on investment for your ethnic uh, participation. I don't think that's a horrible thing. It's, it's like how many Jewish kids are lapsed Jewish but go on birthright trips? I'm not Jewish, but I think there's a difference there because I think that there's a definite Jewish connection to the state of Israel, visiting yeah. Israel. But I think that they, they're not aware of the fact that the reason why there are scholarships because the Italian community, which is does not really band together well often, yeah. there's a lot into fighting and rivalries, there was a collective feeling, especially from the World War II generation, you shouldn't be denied an education because your family doesn't have the money. Yeah. Which was a, a, so many of them. Between the, the depression and uh, you know just the poverty of immigration, the war... You know, so much of the World War II generation really were people who had a desire yeah. and a capacity for a college education, but they couldn't do it. No, like my, my grandmother graduated number one in her class in public high school and couldn't. She was number one. No, I'm sorry. Wow. Either public high school or maybe it was eighth grade. Whatever it was, she graduated number one in her class of thousands and could not continue her education because she had to go to the factory. Her family just didn't have the money for her to go to school. Well, you know, that's an interesting thing, too. You talk about a survey, and I've said that Italian-Americans didn't support education as much as we like to say they did. Yeah. Well, you know what? Someone said this to me who was an Iranian Assyrian. There's a large Assyrian population in the north of Iran. Yeah. And she said to me, you know, the Assyrians, in 1915, they had the... the uh, genocide. The, gen- the, the Syrian genocide of, that's connected to 1915 mm-hmm. and the Turks in World War I. Um, she came back and she said, you know... When anyone in the Assyrian community makes an accomplishment, the children of Assyrian immigrants, the whole community celebrates because it's like one of us, like one of us made it. And she was half Assyrian and half Italian. Hmm. And she said her Italian side, there's a lot of jealousy. Yeah. So, you know, where the Assyrians were, you know, you became a doctor, you're a surgeon. We're all celebrating because one of ours made to be a surgeon. Where her Italian side would be like, ah, who does she think she is? Now the big shot's a doctor. We have a little bit of that. I, I think in my dad's generation, I've heard a lot of men and women who have accomplished 
great things in business and finance and the professions and I've heard many of them talk about like helping younger Italian Americans, like, not giving them jobs per se, but like maybe a little bit of preference in the candidate pool or mentorship or you know, there's a lot of people. I mean, in my time at NIAF, one of the things that we heard all the time from these very, very successful men and women was that they would love to participate in mentorship programs and wasn't necessarily in the wheelhouse of what we did there, so it was not something we could sort of uh, start up. But I, I do feel like there are many Italian-Americans, in my own experience, who kind of want to bring the tribe up with them. Now, there's many who want to hold them down as well. We've experienced that. But th- these are the kind of questions I want to find the right way to ask. And look, how do you probe that? How do you study? I mean, I that, that's, that's what a anthropologist does? I mean, look, you could ask, would you give a fellow Italian-American preference in the hiring process. Right? You know what? That's like the meatball conversation. Yeah. Everybody's going to have a different... Some people say no. Some people say yes because I didn't have it or other groups have an unfair advantage and there's no one advocate. Yeah, that would. You know what would probably come out of this, this entire poll movement? A lot of entertainment. No, I think... I would love to have town halls. Yes. And we know some of the characters. I think it'd be great. It'll go on forever. It'd be days. You'd be there for four hours. No. Ever see Italians give me the mic? They don't give me the mic. You know mic. how many of those things I've done? You know how and many? I have, and they never give oh. up that mic. You know how many community forums I've been uh, a part of or a moderator for? And you describe all these issues, everything that we're going to talk about. Here's the five topics, and this and that, and the panel, and who speaks. But, and then you go to the open mic, and there's like 700 different topics that have nothing to do with what you're there for, but they just want to vent. And it's a 45-minute vent. It's like now they're— And it's enjoyable. Now, oh, it's the best, the best thing in the world. I used to do, because, you know, the NIAF we, weekend, we'd do 20 different conferences, and I had we, to be at every one. If we had a sponsoring institution, <laughs> yeah, I would love to do these questions and then do, like, the Norwegians of <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> we should. Corresponding That's to, a great idea. Do we, they get along better than we do? Do they have a strong—because, you, know, you know, as an ethnicity, Norwegian-Americans have the highest church attendance in this country. Really? That's fascinating. And, uh, and no one goes to church in Norway. And Scandinavians are, are a large population. People don't realize it's Sure, they're just not population. around here. Yeah. I mean, th- th- though there was, to be fair, the Norwegians had a strong, very strong presence in Brooklyn. You know, we should think about giving this to other groups or Is there a Norwegian-American podcast out there? We'll look it up. I, I mean, we, we joke about it all the time. I feel bad we pick on the poor Norwegians, but they, they might be. There's the nobody listening. No, but they're is not there listening any, to us. Is, no, what I would love to know, if you're a Norwegian and you're listening, let us know. Yeah, please do. Please write us. If you're non-Italian, please write us. That'd be fantastic. I'd love to know if well, there I'll are. tell you something. Floyd Vivino, the great Floyd Vivino, the epic Uncle Floyd, who had an Italian-American radio program in New York. And, uh, and the number and one Italian-American. show. Absolutely. And, and um, there's no expert on Italian-American entertainers like Floyd. And he was also like the proto Pee Wee Herman. He had his TV uh, show for years that was like sort I don't of know. That's a I don't know dark comedy you, for you, kids. You and Floyd should have that conversation. <laughs> but Floyd used to be astounded about the amount, amount of non Italian Americans that would listen to his Italian American radio show, and he said that you know he had a commercial for an Italian American dentist, and I guess he went to the dentist or renewed the dentist, and the dentist said to me, like, I just got this Jamaican lady who came in and said she, she came to me because she heard me on your, she heard my advertisement on your Italian radio program. And she goes, she goes to listen to your Italian-American radio show. And he said the number one way he found out about his non-Italian listeners was they would take advantage of, I guess, what today would be promo codes, going into yes. the bakery and saying, you know, you know, I heard on Floyd's show you have pinoli nut cookies for, like, 99 cents a pound. But he was kind of shocked. And... He never reached out to them. I would love to do a, you want to really talk about uh, academic research? I would love to do a poll to the non-Italian, if there is a non-Italian who listens to this, why? 
Yeah, I would love to know that. Now, I mean, there's dozens of questions that I would like to ask about whether people speak the language, whether they've studied this stuff. But then again, are they going to be truthful? Well, are they going to be able to hope. say? I are mean, they going to be able to say "Mamma Mia" and they're going to say they they speak Italian? Well, look, I mean, the bottom line is, in any kind of polling, you're going to have to leave room for honesty, right? We'll never be able to inject truth or, or tie them up to a polygraph. But I think these are important questions. Now, I don't want to share all the questions, obviously, because I would like to encourage our listeners to participate in this poll. And I'm going to put a question. Do you listen to the podcast or do you? Are you so we're doing this poll now? Are we, we mean taking it? No, but are you putting this online? Yeah, we're putting it online. And, I, and this is not this is this is not a skit. I really have no clue no, what goes on here. I, I, I know, but there's people out there must say like, oh, this is this is." Well, I like to save these conversations for on air because I think they're they're. I don't have the attention span for them off air. That's true. We have we have less of these conversations off air than we used to because we do them here now. I can remember many times driving back from D.C. On like a Thursday four night hours. and talking even four yeah, hours. Yeah, we've been there. Done. Stuff, we're, yeah. we're kind of done with Italian yeah. America. We're, I think. <laughs> we're doing it. You on were the overdosed air. for how many years? <laughs> for six said. years? No, we just do it on the air now. But my 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 final piece that I kind of want to dig into here is okay. We we kind of know. I'm where still thinking about the meatballs on the Wonder Bread. <laughs> I'll make it for you. My mom will make it for you. It's actually not bad. It soaks it up. I would love to have an Italian from Italy because you know they they rip on everything. They'd we kill do. us. They'd hate us. This is disgusting. They would this hate us. This is the this is the no. worst. Can I just tell you all, for any of you guys who put up with that, one of them who trolls poor Rosella's um, social media social media and correct, I think they're correcting her, made huge mistakes. Yeah, of course. And they're like, it's like, oh, this is not this. And we're like, no, and compound, you know, so. I had a conversation with somebody who They're did. not as smart as they think no, they I know. are. I had a conversation with somebody not long ago who was telling me all about how wrong I was on something about uh, an Italian-American topic, and, you know, they were the expert, quote-unquote, and I, I just could not convince them otherwise. I mean, I was I was halfway to well, going to copy my books. Io. Yeah, it's, it's, but. Can we bring them on? I would love, I would love to take them in the room. We want to do an Italian know-it-all question. Italian know-it-all. Yeah, like a Jeopardy. We I should do Italian-American Jeopardy. That's, that's a fun Italy. episode. I know you know nothing, <laughs> you're American. The the average is tough to deal with. Ma so dost. Yeah, dost. Is I not mean, I don't, I don't know. For how. those of you who don't understand the Italian so language, dost. as Lou Monti said, that's Neapolitan. Dost is uh, that's true. Thick, thick-headed, da- yeah. stubborn. Yeah, my family says it two ways: we say capo dost, or we say testa dura. That's this is your mother's side says testa dura. Yeah, because yeah. testa is a Sicilian yeah. word. You know what testa is in Neapolitan? It's like a pot, like a flower pot. Really? Not taste, Yeah, I didn't know that. See, you learn something new on this show every time. Now, my my last question though, because we we are. As usual, you and I are enjoying this. We, we'll probably do this is for three yet? hours. Well, we're running towards uh, where I Because I'm like hungry. To, that's yeah. the whole problem. Well, that's, well that's, that's, one more. That's like I'm, I'm looking at the yeah, cheese you gotta eat. poster. <laughs> I love scamots, the provo fumigada, <laughs> la- meatball sandwiches, <laughs> spaghetti with raisins. My last. I'm telling you. Listen, uh, nah, I'm telling you. We could, we should post. The spaghetti with raisins is you just do aioli. Don't put hot pepper in. Don't put aloe in. And then you throw in. Ra- like golden raisins. I love golden raisins. A little bit of parsley. Yeah. Now you could soak them. Some people wet them a little bit in water first. I make a water. Sicilian recipe with cauliflower, red crumbs, little onion, and raisins. Fantastic. Cauliflower and raisins. Oh, so, oh, one of the best combos ever. You never had the cauliflower yeah, raisins. Oh, that's I'll that's that's it. your mother's I side. I make it. I smell Sicilian <laughs> in the room. <laughs> my, that's my that's my number one identity. I my think. grandmother used to make. It's the last meal she actually made for me before she died. She made, um, she would make egg, like egg macaroni, mm-hmm. egg pasta with cauliflower. Mm. It would make, that was the condiment. So it was yeah. like, it was like cauliflower and broccoli, but yeah. with, with cauliflower Ooh. with egg. Egg noodles. Oh, 
that's that's got to be good. I love cauliflower. But anyway, let's get the, the last thing I want to get us to before we, go, we 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 should eat after this. Uh, we should all eat together. When we should, everybody should listen we to the podcast. We need a giant open table event. We yeah. should say, okay, we're going to hot luck. <laughs> the pod, the podcast is coming out Monday. We could be the Italian American Blue Apron. You know what we should do? We should invite the members of the new neighborhood to come to our potluck for Christmas. We do it anyway. It'd be great to have everybody there. Yeah, but then how's Vinny going to make enough sp- spaghetti for everybody? Uh, that's a good point. We're going to have to do our own. Because I'll wind up with nothing. Because you'll, everybody will come. <laughs> you'll be the last I'll to eat. I'll feel bad. I'm always the last to eat. Yeah, sure, but you don't like, you don't have a thing for that spaghetti the way that I do. <laughs> it's true. You wait for it. So I'll wait for it. Everybody's going to come. They're going <laughs> to like it. I mean, listen, I love you all out there, but, you know. I don't want to share. certain, what, what's the word, boundaries? We'll have to make a separate tray. You could have a can tray. Can he tape it? it? Can we have cooking with Vinny with Rosella? Oh, I would love that. It'd be and great. tape. No, his, his mother. His mother's a Cooking great cook. with Nona. Yeah. Ro, are you listening? Yeah. We'll, we'll call her. She's coming into the office tomorrow. She coming in? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, we've been we scheduling. We haven't been here at the same place, same time. I know. It's, it's it's sad not having everybody together. And uh, when this airs, um, will be a few days past uh, Dolores's due date. So hopefully, see, I wanted to say this. I want us to all go to the hospital as an Italian community <laughs> with and like cheer. banners and flags. Yeah, we could and, all go into the delivery yeah. room together. <laughs> Because because so, we're communal people, sure, like, you know the Medigan way is it's become the like the husband and the wife and the American nuclear family and another baby comes and she holds the baby and take a picture. That's true. We used but to we're be not nuclear yeah. people. We're used to five hundred people, like yeah. third cousins. Yeah. When my, who brought the pastry? When my nephew was born, I'll never forget. My nephew was born and my whole family was there waiting, and my poor brother and sister in law. And within minutes, were they in the room? No, no, we we waited outside. But within minutes, we were inside, and my dad. Brought food and was basically eating over my nephews. Like, what did your father and, bring? Oh, God, pastries, cookies, we had everything. What sandwiches. do you have? What do you bring? Is there an, an Italian? We should come up is with there the a Italian, standard. The Italian menu for when you go if you're in the delivery. I mean, I guess well, all that stuff is sanitary. Yeah. Probably the best place to eat because it's so clean. <laughs> it's probably the cleanest part of the hospital. Yeah, well, but I do want the our, our listeners out there to know. I because you know I, the Italians would walk right away to the baby if there was food on the table. Like everybody's playing with the baby. Oh, the prosciutto sandwiches. Can eat. <laughs> Here's the, the only, kid. Only way to hey, distract the kid. The kid. <laughs> gotta go eat. But I do. I do. Dolores, want... can we come and cheer? <laughs> Another little Italian comes into the world. You know, Poor we could ha- we could have a song contest. Another little Italian comes into the world. We you gotta write it. You love all the. John is fantastic at making banners, pennants. I'm we could it, have yeah. like another little Italian. The menu with the we could clap when the kid yeah, comes out. Brava, brava. Poor Dolores. If she hears this, how do you she's say push? I wouldn't even think. Of what, what, <laughs> what do Italians tell other Italians when, when the baby's coming out? Tirare. I can't imagine. Tira, tira, I, I, I never, I never was in an Italian <laughs> delivery room. <laughs> Neither have I. But we're way off topic. Midwife, are there any Italian midwives yeah, out there? Get if, you, if you were a midwife in Italy or no one, someone who yeah, was. That's a great question. Ask them, what's the, what, what are the cheers that you, you encourage the childbirth? <laughs> like push, push. But if you're worried about Dolores, uh, I've spoken to her today. She's doing great. Uh, really excited. And uh, she'll be back. And she's dying to come back. We miss her. And, and she misses the her show. Her mother and, makes great rustici. Yeah, her mother makes great. They're fantastic. It's like a pasta chocolate. You're starving. It's like a mini pizza game. Let's wrap this up. No, but I'm thinking that would be a great, (laughs) if we all go up to the hospital when she has the baby. We can't do that. Why not? She'll Look never at come back. She? Why not? She'd be thrilled. No, she I will tell her mother, everybody's coming, make the roosters. She will tell her now. Start making them. Put them in the freezer. Oh. Defrost them. That'll take this friendship to a whole other level. We'll all go out there. <laughs> just waiting we'll outside. We'll see the kid for two minutes. Oh, what a beautiful baby. God bless. What roosters. did your mother make? Oh, God, we're nuts. Dolores, we love you. What did your mother make? We miss you, and we're waiting for you to come back. Um, but the last thing I wanted to talk about before we went on 20 Tangents was I, I kind of want to understand how... This will be received by the rest of the community and how we get it out. But I want to 
get the community institutions out there to, to really engage this thing and send it around. And, of course, people worry about their email lists and, you know, who's going to solicit and all that kind Again, of nonsense. Again, we're not going to roll in together. But the last time this was done in 2013, a lot of groups did get behind it and support it. I know NIAF, uh, we participated, the Order Sons of Italy, um, I Italy, uh, the Consulate General, a bunch of newspapers and magazines, the Dante Alighieri Society, We the Italians, a lot of groups sent it out. So my hope is we can get groups to send it out. And if you're listening, when this comes out, please keep checking our social media and our website, www.italianamericanpodcast.com, for when this gets released. It should be out a couple of days after this episode, uh, hopefully maybe even the day of. But if you see it, I hope you consider taking it. And more importantly, I hope you consider passing it along to the Italian-Americans in your network uh, that you know in your family. Because, look, the, the more people that take the time to do this, A, the the better it should make us all feel about a self-identified community, and B, the more information we're going to really garner as to who we are in 2020 approaching and beyond. And that's really what this is all about. And, you know, I say this all the time, but in, in the last census, 18.2 million people self-identified as Italian-American. In the last uh, community uh, survey that they do intermittently between the censuses, it was about 16.5 million of those people participating said Italian-American. So the numbers are there. We know there are people who self-identify. Now we got to figure out how to get to them and get them to take something like this. So if you can help us, we really appreciate you championing what we do. And uh, I'm glad you let me in on this. <laughs> what, on the secret uh, survey? Came on, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Are you going to take it? No. What am I going to take this for? Well, don't we want your opinions? I'm going to read it. them out. We're going to look no, at them around read and them read them out. That's anonymous. I'm just, you're gonna I have the attention you're, you're entering I'm, into a pool. I'm losing as I get old. I'm sorry? You're entering into a pool. You, you, you know, know, you're you're a drop let's, of let's water in the let's, river. Let's get the poll, and then we'll take it from there. I'm, I'm taking it. I'm ta- I'll be the first You're writing it. Of course you're going to take it. It's your own poll. Fair enough. And just so of everybody knows, I have yeah, absolutely you're skew no... You're your own. I have no, no, I'm not very objective. What is the best bread for meatballs? <laughs> white bread. The white bread that my mother used? Comma. I'm not going to ask that. No. Stale bread that no one can eat. It's fair. Banana it's a, bread? It's a fair point. How? Oh, I know. It must be A. <laughs> I have no... Background in any of this? I mean, uh, you know, can we get somebody to do this who's a pollster? You're going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, and with all due respect to those out there who've done this for the community, it's a ripoff. They're asking questions that they're they're just standard questions, and they throw a red, white, and green bent on it. We know the real questions to ask. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like the dating websites that we talk about. The same questions they ask for everybody else. They just put red, white, and green uh, decor on it and call it Italian. That's not to me. That's not treating us as a truly separate, and this is a self. We're going to create a dating a website. Self, we are, yeah. Plenty of paisans. Plenty of paisans. Nah, I throw a new paisan. No, Roselle and I already trademarked it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, if you, Thank if you. you want us to tell you stuff, you could ask, you know. Oh, what is it? It's like the two of them, they go in the corner and they, you know the Italian when you walk in the room and they stop talking? <laughs> Do you have those relatives? Yeah, you, you walk in, shh. You are imposed Mario's upon. Mario's here, shh. All right, I'm taking non, you to eat. Non dicer niente. No. That'll be my that'll be my compensation for not sharing with you. You walk now. You, what, what do you call it? Plenty of bisons. Yes, she named it. Remember, she named it on the show. It's real and it's coming. We should have an Italian language on Trovano Bison. <laughs> okay, we'll have an alternative. Trovano Bison. That'd be perfect. Uh, all right, so I hope everybody out there is ready to take this. Tnp.com. <laughs> No, can we have the can we have the questions for the dating website, <laughs> the dating profile. 
Do you bake or fry your meatball? That's right. Yeah, well, we should know. Uh, <laughs> we, could, we could do the commercial. <laughs> we, yeah. we married for the meatball. Yeah, that's perfect. I can see it. You, you know, know, my last... That's a morning. No, in the wait, 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 wait. My last relationship ended with the commercial. My last relationship ended because we couldn't agree on meatball. Oh, man. I, I, we, could, we could talk about this for hours, but the site's Well, we bring Rachel back. We are. And we're going to bring Rachel back and help her do the intake. Yes, we got the whole thing's planned. I'll talk about you it off mic. You don't even tell me this. I, huh. I find out. I come, thank God I, I come in here on occasion. I can lower your mic to say goodbye to everybody. I'm, I, well, I, I it's like the Soviet Union. <laughs> now you will say goodbye. Let me try. I've done this before. Ah. This is a new mic. Let's see what I can do. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Kumbada, kumbada. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Happy Italian American Heritage Month. We're so excited to celebrate with you, and we are really looking forward to the episodes coming up and uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time the world on a plate so see that you're born in italiano and your life will be great see that you're born in italian if you want your life to be great see that you're born in italiano and your life will be great See that you're born in Italian.